0: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Locked On Texans, your daily Texas talking news podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am the one, the only, John some sports Guy Hickman, happy to be back. Talk to Houston Texans with none other than Cody Davis. Cody, what do we have on today's rundown?
4: On today's show, John and I are going to discuss the possibility of the Texans having more than one player who can be top 10 at their position for this upcoming 2021 season. And then we're gonna close out the show talking about whether or not it's fair to leave Deshaun Watson off the list of the top 10 quarterbacks heading into this upcoming season. But to get this latest installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, John and I are going to look at why Max Sharping could possibly be the weakest link on Houston's offensive line when I take a look at the Texans O line heading into the 2021 season there is a possibility that we could arguably see the best offensive line that this franchise I'm not going to say ever has put out there but it's going to be up there when you take a look at that starting five on a line of scrimmage you're talking about Larry Tunsil Matt Sharping Justin Britt Titus Howard and Marcus Canning if all five of those guys stay healthy the Texans offense in both the passing and the run game can be a little bit better than what we all are expecting especially when you are considering the possibility of us going into the season without Deshaun Watson on the center however with that being said John and listeners and of course John you can let me know if you disagree with this statement or not but when I take a look at this starting five The one guy who I might have a little bit concern about is Matt Sharping. And yes, I understand that he did have a really good rookie season in 2019. And it's part of the reason why we thought that this offensive line was going to continue to take a turn for the best heading into 2020. However, last season was sort of a bit of a down year for Sharping because he battled injuries. And of course, during the second half of the season, he battled COVID-19 after he tested positive. So... Going into this season, I'm looking at Matt Sharping, and I'm thinking to myself, if he cannot go back to the player that showed us some type of promise in 2019, there's a possibility that the 2021 season could be Sharping's last season with the Houston Texans. And I only say that because, yes, Sharping has always been a great offensive lineman in pass protection. But... His biggest weakness has always been in run protection. Over the last two seasons, Sharping has recorded an average run blocking grade of 48.7 according to Pro Football Focus, which makes him the worst offensive lineman in run blocking. And that is gonna be extremely important for this upcoming season because, once again, with Deshaun Watson out of the equation, the Texans are going to have to rely heavily on their run offense, which means those big guys up front, they're gonna have to excel in their run blocking. Sharping is a very subpar player when he is trying to open those gaps for these running backs and if he does not excel in the run blocking there is a good opportunity that he can get his starting well his potential starting spot taken by another offensive lineman who plays the same position as him left guard and Lance Taylor who in 2018 recorded a run-blocking grade of 67.3 according to Pro Football Focus, which makes him one of the best offensive linemen in excelling in run-blocking. And the only reason why I decided to go with his 2018 Pro Football Focus stat, only because the last two seasons have been hampered by injuries for Taylor. This past season, he missed all but one game after tearing his ACL in the season opener in the Packers' win against the Minnesota Vikings.
3: Max Sharpen is in one of those boats where you're going to have to fend for yourself to get back to the island. Now, of course, the island would happen to be the offensive line unit. He's going to have to work his way back to uh, become a part of that starting lineup. The thing about it is, you know, we, we saw and I, and I was big on him his rookie year. Remember that we saw how good he could be his ceiling, his rookie year. To say last year was a down year would be an understatement. And for Max Sharpman, he can't afford any small error. And I think that's going to be where we're going to get a lot of of competition the most with this offensive line. Because who's to say Lane Taylor is a a lock-in? The same conversation for Isaiah Cannon. I'm sorry. uh, Not Isaiah Cannon. But Marcus Cannon and Titus Howard, like, who's going to say, who's to say that Marcus Cannon shouldn't be playing guard and and Titus Howard shouldn't stand on the outside? But to get back to Sharpen, uh, right now, you mentioned it, Cody, not a good run blocker, uh, a better pass blocker. And for Houston, that's where the conundrum comes in because he's going to be one of those swing linemen that Bill O'Brien loved. But Bill O'Brien isn't here anymore. And so I I look at his situation as as, as, it's very fickle because what can he actually do to secure a starting spot? Well, healthy. He's got to be healthy. He's got to come in this season better than what he was last season. Those two are no-brainers. But with this competition, you're going to have to outbeat a couple of guys. And and that's going to be hard to do for Max Sharpen with limited time of the NFL already. He's only been in the league two years out of those two years going into his third year. But out of those two playing years, he started one year and didn't get playing time the next. His back is against the wall. And uh, it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how he responds. My guess is as much as I like Sharp in his first year and I understand the difficult circumstances that he's battling against off of last year's issues, I don't see him securing a starting role of this offensive line.
4: I agree with you on your point about Sharping not securing in starting role on this offensive line. However, John, the only person I think that's going to be able to challenge him, like I just mentioned, is Lane Taylor. And to your point about the amount of newness that a lot of these players, including Max Sharping, is gonna to have to get used to. One of the newness that he's going to have to get adjusted to is the new offensive line coach in James Campin. And James Campin actually coached Lane Taylor for five seasons when both of those guys was with the Green Bay Packers. And the only reason why I do not
3: have... And and, and not not to cut y'all, but don't forget, the Texans also signed Justin McCray as well. And he's he's competing for that left guard spot. So they have... They, they have, like I said, they may have the most interesting competition because what we believe this offense will do, our projections based off what? The ground game. Texans failed miserably at that last season. We believe with the insurgent of James Campen all of these new offensive linemen, they'll be better. I think so. Of course, they got younger with Phillip Lindsey. But the competition right now for left guard stands at Justin McCray and, and and Lane Taylor. Also, uh, just overall, if we look at the offensive line, you still have Marcus Cannon, Titus Howard. They're going to be fighting back and forth. Justin Britt, Cole Turner, Toner, rather. So this entire offensive line, you know, not to get get away from Max Sharpen. this entire offensive line unit is, very, is going to be very competitive outside of Lambert so who's locking it? One thing the listeners, Cody, don't want to do, and I'm telling them this from experience, is find themselves on the sideline of not getting until they help the healthy kick, right? But they help the healthy kick can be very boring. I understand it. I get it. It's bland a lot of times. You got to eat snacks that you really don't like. Well, Bill Bar has the best flavors. Very delicious. Coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate to say the least. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box, and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are they the best tasting, but they're healthy, too. That's why I'm telling you guys. 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today. That's right, order today. Go to billboard.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billboard.com.
0: You moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
3: The trend of Larry Tunsil getting his respect in the league will continue as ESPN rated him ranked him the third best offensive tackle in the NFL. This study incorporated votes from current NFL players, coaches, and executive executives. The highest Tunsil got was second best tackle in the league. The lowest he's gotten has been the ninth. In last year's rankings, Tunsil was the second best tackle in the league. We know how gifted he is. Uh, We know that he's winning 89.7% of his pass blocking snaps in 2020. We know that he's explosive. We know that he is a very good run blocker as well. He's a threat in that area. Uh, But my question, Cody, is, like, we know how good Larry Tunstall is. and, And depending on how we feel about the trade, it's justified. It wasn't justified. We can go back and forth on that all day but we know how good he is but do we know if any other player on this roster is a top 10 top 5 to 10 player in the nfl hell no wait a minute wait a minute so are we saying that zach cunningham who was number one in the league or afc for tackles last year a top five the year before that it was top five or top three around that range of tackles the last couple of years are we saying that he's not a top five top 10 linebacker in the nfl
4: top five no but he does have a chance to be top 10 however i do not know if i can name zach cunningham to be a top 10 linebacker when i know the struggles he have in pass coverage that that's just my opinion but outside of zach cunningham and this is no disrespect to the players who are on this roster as of right now and the texans actually do have a couple more players who can actually put their name in the position where they can possibly crack top 10 let's say number nine and number 10 when i take a look at a guy like philip lindsay when i take a look at a guy like jordan akins those are two guys who actually has the talent who actually have what it takes in order to be a top 10 player at their position however you're looking at two guys who play in two of the most crowded positions on this roster Phillip Lindsey isn't going to have enough touches to be named a top 10 running back in his league. And Jordan Akins is not going to get enough touches to be named a top 10 tight end in his league. And especially for Jordan Akins, who I do believe did have an opportunity to establish himself as a top 10 player at, at his position last year if it wasn't for the ankle injury and the concussion that took him out for what? Four consecutive weeks. To your Zach Cunningham point, yes, but once again, how can he be a top linebacker when he when when he doesn't excel in pass coverage and i also want to mention brandon cooks as well look in his heyday he barely fell right outside of the top 10 in terms of receivers now going into this season he is possibly arguably if not the second best talent on this team I don't see a situation where he's going to be a top 10 receiver in this league, because one, this is possibly the golden era of wide receivers in the league as of right now. And two, and most importantly, this
3: is going to be the yeah, first time. T.O. and Jerry Rice said, I have to cut you off, but T.O. and Jerry Rice both said that they would like, Jerry Rice said he would double his numbers mm-hmm. and if he played today. He, and remember, like, Jerry Rice holds almost every record but one. And I think Randy Moss has that, you know? Brady Moss played in a uh, 16-game season. Uh, Jerry got 21 touchdowns in 14 games. So, Jerry Rice said he would double everything. You know how scary that is?
4: But going back to my point about Brandon Cooks, this is going to be the first time that we see him play with a quarterback who – is not even considered to be a top 15 at their position. And I think with that alone, we're going to start seeing, I'm not going to say a decline in Brandon Cooks, but we're not going to see, there's a possibility we may not see the Brandon Cooks that we saw last year when he was playing alongside Deshaun Watson, and definitely not the Brandon Cooks that we saw throughout his career playing alongside Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Hey, here's a thought.
3: Does Brandon Cooks eclipse a thousand yards this season?
4: I would say yes, only because who else is Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills going to throw it to? And well, Jeff Driscoll, don't forget Jeff. Well, Jeff as well, but I don't, I don't even Jeff think Driscoll. Jeff is going to be able to get the ball to Brandon Cooks. At least I know Tyrod and Mills are going to be able to get the ball to Cooks. But I don't
3: know about Mills, man.
4: I saw I Mills in person. Mills. I saw Mills in person. Like I keep saying, he has the arm strength. It's there. But Brandon Cooks, yes, because outside of him, who else – is Tyrod Taylor gonna to throw to? Yes, there's Kiki Q T. Yes, there's Nico Collins. Yes, there's Chris Conley. But you're talking about guys excluding Cobb. But you're talking about guys who are still unproven in their
3: careers. You know who we who we're not talking about? Desmond King could end this season as a top five nickel corner in the league. And we're not talking about how impactful that'll be for Houston. Remember last year. Houston saw Phillip Gaines at nickel, Vernon Hargraves at time at nickel, um, and and Desmond King is tremendously better than both of those two guys in the league right now. Desmond King may end up being a top-five nickel corner, and for Houston, I think that's huge because he's a playmaking type of nickel, something that they needed desperately the last couple of years, especially last year. And I think when it's all said and done this season, Desmond King will have a stamp on his name for nickel corners in the league. I also will say that Justin Reed may, may have an opportunity to put his name in that top 10 or right outside of top 10 safeties in the league this year. I'm not putting too much stock into it, not buying too much stock into it, but I will say that of the two out of Desmond King and Reed, I'm rolling with Desmond King next season. I think he will be tremendous for Houston. Of course, if he doesn't get any injuries, I think what he can do for this defense, adding a playmaker will allow this front four to do damage and will allow the rest of this defensive backfield to actually have an opportunity to create turnovers. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend thirty, fifty, or even a hundred percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG one four five six fuel pump assembly for a two thousand five through two thousand ten hundred Odyssey costs three hundred fifty three
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today
3: on the Locked On Today podcast, after back-to-back 40-point games, can Giannis save the Bucks in the NBA Finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.
4: So last week, John and I, I'm not going to say we were mad, but a little bit irritated that Pro Football Focus released their top 10 quarterbacks heading into the 2021 season, and they left off Deshaun Watson. And here we are (laughs) an entire week later, and ESPN also released their list of the top 10 quarterbacks heading into this upcoming season, and they also left off Deshaun Watson. Now, John, before we get into all this, let me read this list to you really quick. According to ESPN, These are the top 10 quarterbacks for this upcoming season. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, and I do think number eight is so disrespectful, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and Kyler Murray. Now, John, I understand for the second week in a row, What's going on with Deshaun Watson, both on and off the field? But there is no way in hell you can name, let's say, seven quarterbacks better than that man.
3: You know, when I saw this list, I immediately tweeted that this ranking must be based on his legal issues because, and I even I even thought about it, like. If they were to say that we are not sure whether or not he's going to play uh, next season, you can make the same case for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he has reportedly threatened to sit out if he if he's not traded from the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers was, no, what, number two on his list? So it has to be based off his legal issues. And if that's the case, then what you're telling me is that we're taking into account things that have nothing to do with ranking of quarterback. We just like the guy or not, but no, they're not 10 quarterbacks better than Deshaun Watson. And there hasn't been 10 quarterbacks better than Deshaun Watson since his sophomore year. That's just plain and simple. Uh, Colin Murray, who's on this list, hasn't took it took his team to the playoffs. Dak Prescott is not better than Deshaun Watson. He's also coming off of injury an injured year. So I don't see how you could take that into a ranking and put him over a guy that had an MVP type of year. That 4-12 is what screwed it over. But at the end of the day, man, you know, the national media and the national sports news, they relish in trolling Houston fans, I would say. I'm not going to let them win. We, we know Deshaun Watson on the field is a top-ten quarterback. We know on the field Deshaun Watson has a case to be a top-five quarterback. Who Who's in the five quarterback? If you can run that off for me one more time. Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking Patrick. Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I'm not. Tom Brady. I'm taking – that's a debate for me. How? That How? is a debate for me. How? Let's just keep moving. I'm not. Russell Wilson. I'm taking Russell Wilson. That's a debate for me
4: and Josh Allen.
3: I'm taking Deshaun Watson on that one. I'm taking Deshaun on that And who was six? I mean, you got Kyler Murray on this list. Uh, Number six six was Matthew
4: Stafford.
3: Matthew Stafford, he's in a position where we have to really see what you can do outside of Detroit. Because the entire NFL world... Blames Detroit for your downfalls. Okay, that's fine. So for Matt Stafford, we have to see it. Matt Stafford is also an ultra talented quarterback, but we don't see a lot because he plays for Detroit. But Deshaun is definitely a top five quarterback, and at the least, he's top 10. I want to play around with this idea, though. Is there a chance that Deshaun Watson comes back, and, and not because of the typical we want him to come back, but if Deshaun looks around right now, he's kind of in a purgatory. He's not suspended, but he's not traded. But can he just, you know, if he sits back and say, like, hey, you know what, I think I could do something with this team. Uh, I, I don't see this actually working in my favor anymore. I'm going to come back. Can he do something with this roster? Is this roster Deshaun friendly? with the holes that were fixed from last season, with the upgrades outside of the wide receiver group, with the upgrades all around the entire team. Like, is Deshaun in a spot where he could take this team, possibly to win two games, maybe seven, eight games, maybe more depending on, you know, what he can do with no chemistry coming in since he's with not that much chemistry. I'm only saying that because training camp is in a couple of weeks and he's not suspended. He's not on the the exempt list. Deshaun Watson can actually step into the facility off 16 and Kirby right now and say I'm playing ball. And he'd be able to play ball.
4: I'm going to say no, only because I think it's just going to be a recap of what we saw last year. Watson going out and having an MVP caliber season, but due to the coaching or lack thereof in coaching, it's going to be a part of the reason why they're going to drop Several games, whether Deshaun Watson is under center for this organization or not. However, with all that being said, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I would be at least starting to think about returning to this organization just to boost up my trade value again. Because being left off of not one, but two lists of the top 10 quarterbacks heading into this upcoming season is kind of disrespectful. And yes, I understand this man is going through a lot off the field. But on the field, John, this man is by far a top five, and in some cases, in my opinion, a top three quarterback in this league. And he is in a position to at least look good with the Texans again because this offensive line is better. The running game is better, which means you're looking at a situation where Deshaun is not going to be in a position where he's going to hit the ground as much as he has throughout his career. That is something Deshaun should really consider. And with all that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans. As always, I'm your host, Texans Beat Reporter for USA Today, Texans Wire. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And please be sure to subscribe to Locked On Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please be sure to leave us a review.
3: I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. Until the next time we meet, peace. Stay dry.
1: You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team.